welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack. And today our guest is Dr. Sia Fuladian. And he and I had actually connected and met quite a little while ago. So I'm super excited that we are fortunate enough to get him onto the show, sharing a little bit about his journey, where he's at with real estate. He has a background as a cardiac anesthesiologist. He's also an Ironman triathlete and a managing partner at Titan Core Capital. So Sia, thank you so much for being here with me today. And how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, Aileen. I know it's been a, kind of a circle for us. We met about a year and a half ago at an event, and I'm just really glad to finally make it onto your show. And I think you are one of the first people that I actually met like after the COVID timeframe when we actually had gone back to an in-person event. So it was pretty cool to see everybody like in person and to get that in-face interactions with certain like different types of people. Yeah, it was January 2021, uh, 2022, no, 2022, 2022, it felt too soon. Uh, 2022 <laughs> in LA, we met at a real estate conference. So yeah, it was a... Uh, really great to be out there again. And hey, this is why you go to conferences to connect with high quality people like yourself. So I'm really glad that we were able to meet back way back then and still continue our friendship and relationship. So Sia, can you share with us a little bit more you know, about your background and how you got started with real estate? Yeah. So as you mentioned, I'm a anesthesiologist practicing in Southern California. I'm a cardiac specialized as well, but I kind of dabble in everything. And I came from a lower middle-class family, parents very hardworking to get to middle-class. And as an immigrant from Iran, left in the middle of the war, security and financial security in terms of knowing where the paycheck's coming from all the time was something that was ingrained in you as an immigrant. And, you know, as I went through my education and became a doctor, it was passion-based. But as I went through that further, I realized that medicine is a heavy lift on you physically, emotionally financially and time-wise, you have high student debt coming out and you're in a fortunate to be in a high tax bracket, but there's no way to shelter any taxable income with high expenses because of all the student loans and everything else. So one of my friends introduced me to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and I started reading that about four or five years ago. And I'd been interested in real estate 10 years ago. And you know, it was one of those things in my head. I was like, well, you're an anesthesiologist. You don't know anything about real estate. So I kept kicking it down the road until it got to a place where I was like, I need to do something else that is creative for me, that invokes my business side, my creativity side. And I took a couple of real estate courses with other physicians and learned how to do long distance real estate acquisitions for my personal portfolio. And that was back in 2020 now. So that's how I initially got started in real estate. So, because you and I, we actually don't live too far away from each other. Yeah. And so in California, you know, it's quite difficult to get into real estate here. But did you first start in out of state? And was that kind of strange for you as you're learning about that versus like actually investing, you know, in your backyard or close by to where we live? 
Yeah, definitely. I think California is a great place to invest for appreciation over a decade or more, but the cost of entry is also higher. So if you're trying to pick up multiple properties for cash flow to free up your time and create financial freedom, it's a little bit more challenging. And you're right, I had to overcome some mindset things and limiting beliefs that said, oh, out of state, I don't know the area, I don't know the people. And that was part of why I signed up for mentorship and coaching, because sometimes you get in your own way. And for me, it was really realizing that success leads clues, other people have done it, and I'm resourceful enough to do it. So within three weeks of being enrolled in the course, which is, I think, a six-week course, I had six stores or three duplexes under contract in Indiana. And I still have never been to Indiana. And all of the properties I bought, I bought for basically forced appreciation or renovating them, increasing the rents and creating more value in the property. And I ended up within about 18 to 20 months selling the entire portfolio for over 2x return on that. It was a lot of work doing it from out of state and managing contractors and everything. And I think part of that was it really lit my fire of like, this is very possible. And I was kicking myself for not starting in 2012, 2014, because just imagine 2014 as real estate's just starting to recover from 2008, immense amount of like tailwind you would have had up until 2020 or even until 2021. So it was just more of like realizing that it was all in my own mindset. And since then, I've realized that I want to go even bigger and stronger. And that's where we, my partner and I, Dr. Mickey Lake, who's a cardiologist in Florida, partnered together to create Titan Core Capital and help our investors be able to appreciate passive income and some tax savings through large multifamily, 100 plus unit apartment complex acquisitions with us. So when we look at real estate, looking at the numbers and the possible returns, and then also the wealth building aspect of it is all very attractive and why a lot of us get into real estate to start off with. However, on the flip side, there's people who hear about real estate and they think, I don't want to be a landlord. I don't want to deal with what they say is the tenants, toilets, and trash. And so for you also being a anesthesiologist with a really high demanding job and going to invest and purchase an out-of-state property, were you concerned about being able to manage your time and taking on something as a landlord and being able to handle those types of situations? Yeah, it definitely was kind of part of my thought process. But if there's a will, there's a way, right? And if your why is strong enough, you figure out how to do it. And Part of it is you don't need to be an owner operator. You can be the owner and have others help you operate it. You create a team around you where you're not getting the call at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m. If you want to do that, that lights you up. That's great. But I already take call and I get calls at two in the morning. I didn't want a toilet call at two in the morning. So we created systems. Our Titan Core philosophy comes down to three things. And it's kind of started from our own journeys. And that's basically envision it, plan it and execute it. So the envisioning parts, getting over your own limiting beliefs of, I can't do this, or I don't want to be a landlord, I don't want to be this. The planning it is figuring out what tools you need to successfully educate yourself and execute on a business plan, understand uh, what markets are doing, what debt is doing, what the economy is doing, the big picture. And then executing it is having your team in place where it's not all on you, you add value to the people around you and they add value to you and you all grow together. So 
it really is a team sport. I think some people like to do it alone and they're very good at outsourcing it as to third parties. But, you know, we love the team approach and we have a third party man, property manager that does the day-to-day stuff on the property and we have meetings with them. So we're managing the property as the owners, but not having to fix the toilets overnight or even on the weekends. So after you sold those duplexes in Indiana, and I mean, within 18 to 20 months, being able to get a two times returns, that's fantastic. After you did that, at the same time, were you still focused on the single family or at what point did you find multifamily and started looking into that? And how did you get introduced to that space? Yeah, so I actually started multifamily before I sold all of those, my personal portfolio. And the reason for that was as I kind of went through the acquisition, rent, the rehab process, I realized it's for six units, it was a lot of work. And thankfully, I was able to scale back a little bit with work obligations through the course of acquiring more real estate, but it was a lot of work. And the goal is financial freedom, time freedom, and that comes from passive income. And I realized six, 10, 12 doors, 16 doors will take several years and capital to do that. So why not elevate the game and go for 25, 50, 75, 100 doors and make the ascent to the mountaintop a little bit faster? So again, same kind of thing. We sourced out really high quality coaches who are experienced in the large syndication model of real estate. And we hired them. We learned all the nitty gritties about underwriting, about taxes, about broker relationships, how to do the asset management, all those pieces. And then we started executing. And in the course of about two years now, we've had about $125 million of assets under management and sold our first property after 19 months of holding for about a 30% internal rate of return for investors. So that was a really great project to have be our first one. You mentioned about limiting beliefs also and overcoming some of those things. As you were transitioning from those duplexes and getting into also bigger multifamily deals as well, and then also bringing in and partnering with other players, other team members as well, and bringing capital in outside as well. What were some of the limiting beliefs that you had to overcome? And then what are some of the ways that helped you get past that so you can continue to grow and scale to a bigger level than what you had initially set out to do? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think for me, it's always that feeling imposter syndrome. I mean, I think everyone has it, especially being a physician. A lot of people, when I first started, some of my colleagues, friends were like, what are you doing? You're an anesthesiologist. What are you doing buying real estate? You're going to become a slumlord or, you know, things like that, comments like that, that I just kind of shrugged off. But there is that feeling of, well, there's other people who have been doing this for a decade, for two decades. People have like half a billion dollars of assets under management. We're just getting started. These are some of the things that initially kind of go through your head and create a little bit of pause. And then you think about, oh, it's competitive out there. There's bigger operators who are going to get the deals over us. All this kind of the chattering monkeys in your head. And I think those are the initial limiting beliefs I had to really grapple with. And really what it came down to was realizing having trust in who you are as a person. You know, I've gone through medical school. I've done harder things than start to understand how to underwrite and do market analysis and manage property. 
and you know, I was successful on a smaller scale so I can apply the same resourcefulness to on a larger scale and elevate my game. So really it came down to realizing that I'm capable, but then also surrounding myself with the tools and resources to make sure that we're doing it correctly. And that was coaching. It was having understanding the underwriting, really understanding it and how to do it, but then also outsourcing it to people who are much better at Excel and the inputting of numbers. And we manage the higher level calculations to make sure it's a conservative approach. So just developing that team really helped us elevate our game and get over the mindset stuff. And we still have mindset things we deal with in today's market as well. It's just a matter of recognizing what you're trying to talk yourself out of and realize that the path forward, if you do it correctly, is there's always going to be upside for you. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level, and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So what were some of the things that you had to do in order to break into those bigger deals also as you were first getting started? After you start, you mentioned coaching and uh, mentorship programs, but then after you've gotten the foundation and educational, the peace side squared away, after that, what did you have to do in order to break in and get into a first larger deal? Yeah, it just came down to executing. At that point, it's really about broker relationships and knowing your market very well, being someone that the brokers first know, like, and trust, and that you can show them that you can close on the deal because the last thing anyone wants, including ourselves, is to get a deal under contract and not be able to close on it, which means not bring enough capital and the team to get it closed on time. So it's really about making the trips, being boots on the ground, FaceTime with the brokers, follow-up conversations. This, these are things that we still do today because life is a relationship, not a business, but it's a relationship play because we all rely on one another to succeed. And I think once you can show that to others by consistency, they give you a chance. And sometimes they're, they're giving you a chance. You obviously have to have a competitive offer on the table. And there's some risk to us personally by having money on the table that's non-refundable. But you know, again, our conviction is that we can get it done and do it correctly. And once we were given the opportunity, we showed them that we could. So it really helped solidify those relationships with the brokers and our debt team and the other people who are involved in the deal with us. And so then now that you've been doing real estate for a couple of years, now you're in it, you've had a couple of deals go full cycle as well. And in the beginning of it, when you were first getting started, you talked about it was difficult for people to correlate you as the anesthesiologist and then translate that into you as the real estate investor. And then so now, is that the same types of sentiments or has that changed? Oh, it's definitely changed. <laughs> I think through the process, they've seen kind of, an, you know, part of it's just proof in the pudding. I've 
had personal friends and family invested alongside us in our projects and the returns they've received, they were very happy with and seeing how much effort we put in and how much detail we put in to protect the downside for everyone involved just starts to speak for itself. So, and it's helped me scale back significantly in terms of medicine to kind of create what I want versus having to do it all the time. So it's been kind of a great blessing and it's kind of leading by example by just doing what, again, goes back to your why you're doing it. And so it's really created that sentiment of when's your next deal? Like we're ready. We just exited that last one with you. When's the next one coming? And we're ready to go when you're ready to present us with another opportunity. So it's a, it's been a dramatic change from the first couple deals now. And in today's environment, especially with real estate, there's a lot of talks about the interest rates, the potential recession coming down. Are people like within your network and what you're seeing, are they holding back a little bit on investing in real estate or are they still looking at it as a really great opportunity to get into it? And what are you seeing in the market in terms of like deal flow and being able to find those great deals? Yeah. So let's start with kind of the investor mindset. And there has been a lot more trepidation in general in the markets from stock market, um, given how Last year, with the interest rates going up over 5% in less than a year, it did send a shock to the system. There has been slow economic growth. So there's always concern about all these things like stagflation, recession. And I think investors have two things that they can do in kind of what we call this period of winter. You know, when winter comes, a lot of people will run for shelter. And then the people who are really savvy and forward thinking realize that this is when a lot of people retreat. And there's opportunities out there if you look at them the right way. So if you're looking at it risk-adjusted, there's still plenty of opportunity out there. If you look at stock market, when the stock market starts to significantly go down, a lot of people get into fear mindset. They start selling. And then Warren Buffett's and the people who recognize what's happening start buying when the prices dip because they know inevitably things are going to start going back up. And if they are able to buy things at a discount and hold and weather the storm, then they're going to make a significant amount of money and accelerate their time frame to freedom a lot faster because they are overcoming their fear mindset and looking at the opportunities instead of kind of the fear side of it. So it really comes down to which camp you fall into. Our investors are cautious, but they also are educated. We educate them so they understand what's happening. And we've been transparent. There's a lot of deal flow, but is it good deal flow? And the answer is not necessarily. I think with interest rates being a lot higher, we are looking at a lot more fixed debt opportunities, obviously. But I think seller pricing expectations has not come down in relationship to how significantly interest rates have gone up. So there is a disconnect in the market with sellers who still want to sell their properties at the price that they want to sell it because they emotionally attach to it. And I get that. If I were if we we're selling our property, we want to command the highest price as well. It's to our benefit, but they kind of lose sight of what the economy is doing, what their lofty projections are and how the property will perform. And we're on the conservative side. So there's a little tug of war there. And we've passed on a lot of deals or we make offers at what we think is appropriate and safe for our investors to protect the returns. And we've just put a lot of offers in and hasn't been fruitful so far just because of the disconnect there. But 
things are starting to shift a little bit more. I think investors, sellers are understanding, hey, it's a new era. We're not 2020, 2021. Interest rates aren't two and a half, three percent. And we need to really scale back on our expectations. So I think there's a lot of opportunity still out in the field. What are some of the markets that you were focused in on? And will that change going into, you know, in the upcoming future? Yeah, so we've been predominantly focused on the Atlanta submarket and Dallas Fort Worth markets. We sold our property in South Carolina and Columbia, and we focused mainly on these two markets just because we have boots on the ground. It's easy access for CHB in the cities in two, three hours by flight directly. And they're both high growth markets where there's significant job diversity. There's a backlog in affordable housing. There's been a lot of net migration to those areas. So really strong markets. Again, a lot of other people are in those markets as well for the same reasons, but we're not trying to buy every single property in the market. We're looking for select ones. And our goal is to add another 100 to $250 million of properties to our portfolio this year for investors. And that's kind of where we're at right now. So Sia, how has real estate investing impacted your life? Um, it's added a lot more fun, to be honest. <laughs> um, for me, it's fun. I think it's not fun for everyone, but you just the process of understanding how to do it. And then the people I've gotten to meet at different conferences and the different masterminds and things like that. It's been fun for me and also been fun to help our investors kind of hands in a through a hands-off approach, grow their wealth and do it in a way that's not reckless, provides them some tax shelters, but also lets them sleep at night knowing that we're helping them achieve incremental steps towards their financial freedom. And for me personally, it's helped me, like I said, scale back a good amount and really be able to apply my business skills, creative skills, management skills in a different way that, you know, medicine doesn't necessarily allow you to do it. So it's added just a little bit more flavor to kind of things I get to be involved in. It's honestly doesn't feel like work ever because it's fun for me to have those conversations. Yeah. When you're really enjoying what you do, it doesn't really feel like work, but it's because you get to choose what you get to want to focus on instead of because you have to do it. Exactly. Exactly. So Sia, what is the one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? The real estate, just like anything in life, comes in seasons and cycles. Knew that going in, but I think in these times, it's even more pertinent knowing that this is the first cycle of where it's not just unicorns and butterflies in the field. There's economic hardships that are coming, more have come and, you know, but this too shall pass. There's always going to be a need for affordable housing. There's there's a significant backlog of the eight to 10 million housing units in the United States for affordable housing. So there's opportunity to help improve communities through better units in terms of the way people are allowed to live in those units with upgrades, more community events and enriching communities, but also that if you Again, envision it, plan it, execute it in real estate, whether you're a passive investor or someone like uh, you and I who do more of the active management purchasing that you can really help create impact in communities in your life and also your investors' lives. And what is the one thing that sets the successful people apart in real estate investing? I think we're realizing that you're going to get knocked down. There's going to be things that you can plan for everything, but things happen, but really learning how to pivot and again, mastering your mindset. Well, if something happens, 
It can be the worst thing that ever happened, or you can be like, okay, what's the lesson in that? And how are we going to take this and turn this thing that looks like a negative into a gift and opportunity moving forward? So really being able to pivot without dwelling in that moment, but also learning from everything that life and real estate teaches you as you go through it. So really it's another extension of learning through doing. Yeah, it's definitely a skill not to focus on the outcomes and continue to move forward and just learn from where it is. And it's a constant battle that you're trying to work through. Yeah, yeah. It's like a it's a chess piece, chess board sometimes. <laughs> so you have to see where your pieces are going and maneuver them when you can. And so Sia, where can I listeners find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, so we're active on social media. You can find us on LinkedIn as well at Titan Core Capital, the handle. Um, and we'll provide those for your show notes. And also you can reach out directly to me at Sia, S-I-A, at titancorecapital.com or through LinkedIn as well. Type in my full first and last name and we'll provide those links as well. Fantastic. So Sia, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to have to have you back on another one of these episodes, but I definitely appreciate all of your time today. Thanks so much, Eileen. Appreciate it. Great seeing you. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. If you're anything like Zayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Zayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonavestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.